Welcome to Emil Franzink's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And a very good Saturday to you, Harry Alexander and Bunker de France, with Emil Franzi's uh, Voices of the West. And on the horn with us, well, actually, before we get to that, uh, our, our show today, we're going to the comics. We're doing... We're doing the funny pages. Maxi? The funny pages. Oh, Not the funny pages. The cartoonies. The car- no, well, you know, it's cowboy comics. Well, cartoony, cowboy cartoonies. Yeah. Corny cow- cowboy cartoonies. Yeah. So, a non-corny. So, th- I, I, I think this is a pretty important topic. Uh, uh, oh, it's one of my favorite topic. things, yeah. And so, because we think it's important, we've got somebody else on the line who thinks it's equally important. Kellen Cutsforth, how are you, sir? I'm just fine. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, hey, too. Go ahead. Let's invite, because I know people are fanatic about, men are fanatic about cowboys. I'm not sure about the ladies. Mm-hmm. But let's make sure people know if they want to email us about something, of a question or a response or a feeling. Mm-hmm. Because I think if, if this doesn't get a response from people, we know that half of our, our listeners are are on life support. <laughs> Uh, email us at voicesofthewest at gmail.com with your questions, comments, or whatever it might be. You can also post something on our Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com slash voicesofthewest. Awesome. And, uh, oh, hey, one other thing here. Do us a favor, please. Take a short listener survey. It happens to be on our website. You'll see a button that reads, Take 5. Just click that thing and let us know what you think. It's pretty important stuff uh, as far as I'm concerned. It yeah. helps me well, figure help us, out. Help us make decisions. Yeah. Tell, us, tell us where to go. Well, uh, not, in, not in so many words, <laughs> I'm hoping. Uh, but <laughs> All right. Comic books. Kellen, you've been, uh, you did a presentation at the Western Writers of America convention this past June in Tucson on comics. I did not get to attend that, but Bunker did and had nothing but praise about it. And so... That's one of the reasons, well, that is the reason that you're here with us. Well, this is is a giveaway. Okay. The last day, everybody's leaving. Cullen's got all his stuff together. He's waiting, I guess, for the ride to the airport or something. Mm -hmm. And he Mm -hmm. doesn't have much time. We start talking comic books, and Uh it was like a half hour, and he's got to go, and he can't (laughs) leave. That's just great. All right. Yeah, that was the last day. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. That was the last so day. So comics are... Yeah, I, comic, I think I have my bag with me. <laughs> yeah. So you've written other stuff, and uh, you and Mark Lee did a, uh, a book on uh, on Western uh, myths and, and such. Great mm-hmm. book. Um, we had you both on mm-hmm. uh, twice in order to cover the book, and I don't think we've even got it figured out or have it all completely covered yet, but... Um, Comics is a passion of yours, and so, I mean, uh, the obvious question is, of course, it started when you were a kid. Red-blooded American kids. All right. So what did you start collecting and why? I think, you know, when I was at, well, for me, as as a kid, you know, um, of a certain era, um, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s, and so, um, for me, uh, that was my first introduction to literature, was comic books, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and my father was uh, he was an artist, and well, I shouldn't say was still is, um, and he taught art for thirty plus years. But oh. he was um, a big comic book fan too, and for him, it was Tarzan and then Red oh. Rider, and so I got a lot of that influence. And when I was a kid growing up, you know, I mean, the hero, the, the capes and the cowls were already established and i read a lot of those and then as i grew older um i started going before that and then into the lot of the westerns and things like that and um a lot of what i write about is uh buffalo bill mm-hmm. and buffalo bill was the predecessor to the comic books um with his, with the dime novels that were written about him and of course embellished adventures and things like that um and eventually gave away to the pulps but then Buffalo Bill, even after he was dead and gone, became a, a, a superhero himself, a character in the comic books. Um, and that's, that's really where I, I, you know, fell in love 
with with comic books you know like i say you i grew up with the superman and the mm-hmm. x-men and all those sort of things um and then i and then i delved into the western books but you know buffalo bill was really superman before there was superman mm-hmm. he was the hero before uh, any of the any of the guys wearing the capes and the spandex came along he was the hero who who saved the day and was and and beat the villains and and got the girl so i mean that's that's really where i i i started and and grew up with that those sort of stories had you seen any of the uh, old b movies at that time or watched any of the tv series uh, that m- may have sparked your interest into moving to the uh, Western genre of uh, graphic novels, as they call them? Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, as I say, you know, growing up, um, like I say, 80s and 90s, Lonesome Dove was there for me um, as as the miniseries. And then with always with my father, we watched Bonanza, and um a lot of those and then uh i you know john wayne i think was on every weekend at my house so so i i I, those were easy ins for me i i grew up watching all those those shows and um you know i think i've seen john wayne you know save the alamo 500 times so (laughs) but but yeah yeah i i really I really grew up with that kind of stuff and you know and you know that that developed my tastes into <laughs> in into the comic book yeah. world mm-hmm. the, that realm you know one of the interesting things you know we we kind of think of comic books as an American invention and right. actually you know England they were they were publishing comic books not comic books per se but comic panels like Puck magazine uh, their cover mm-hmm. was always a comic strip and this is way before, yep. you know, even the yellow kid. And you know, mm-hmm. for me, you mentioned, you know, how you started. For me, it was the newspapers, the Sunday paper, the, you know, yep. we did, the weekly paper, that wasn't that big a deal around the house. But the Sunday paper with eight pages of funnies, that was a big deal. <laughs> and, you know, and that's where, the, you know, Red Rider and Prince Valiant mm-hmm. and the, the great art. And one of the neat things, you mentioned Buffalo Bill. You know, he evolved from Buffalo Bill into Bronco Bill hmm. in the comic yeah. and it just mm-hmm. And it, it, that's part of the comic history is that constant ev- uh, evolution and reinventing of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things, you know, to, like today, you see uh, the Western, but then it's mixed a lot of times with something else. Uh, whether it's horror or it's a romance or whatever, and it goes into the comic book. Um, but it, it, the Western is the most adaptable of all the genres. It lends itself to so many, you know, different, different, uh, genres. It's, it's, it's such a wonderful base. Right. Um, because it's such a pure, and especially, uh, you know, for American, uh, readers, you know, the, the French have their noir and yeah. the English have their mysteries and their Shakespeare, but we have our Westerns. Yeah. That's Americans. That's ours. And that's, and that's such a, a wonderful base uh, for our storytelling. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, you know, and like I say, yeah, I grew up, I grew up reading the comics and read my dad's red rider and all that so, yeah, sort of stuff. I love. So, um, it was, you know, that's how I, that's how I, sort well, of you know, found my way into it. There's an interesting parallel, which uh, when you think about it, it, it really, the growth of the early comic books parallels the go- growth of the early radio and the programs. Mm. Because when you think about it, like you, as a kid, you know, we'd sit there and listen to the Lone Ranger, mm-hmm. and then you go down to the mm-hmm. store and grab yeah. the Lone Ranger comic book. Usually from the episode mm-hmm. that you just heard. Yeah. Well, maybe not that well, maybe, Exactly. Maybe not. But yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm looking at a website here with a ton of cowboy comics, and, and we've got uh, Tom Mix and Ken Maynard, uh, Tom Mix yep. stories from Fawcett Master Comics, uh, more Tom X, Durango Kid, Johnny Mac Brown, Rocky Lane, uh, Buster Krabby, oh my God, yep. Jones, Hopalong Cassidy, Tex Ritter, one called B Movie Cowboy Comics, 
and I can't <laughs> read who all is in it, but Everybody it, were it's in a it. ton in there. Yeah. The Fastest Gun Alive, Zane Gray Comics, Max Brand Comics, Luke Short. Wow, um, wow West. There, there were the, the Fighting Missourians, uh, Tim Holt, Roy Rogers, Rod, uh, Roy, uh, Rod Cameron, uh, Lash LaRue, Gene Autry, Dale Evans, Rin Tin Dale Tin. Evans? Dale Evans, Rin Tin Tin had... Had his own comic book for Christ's sake, uh, yeah. And, and the horses had their own comic uh, book as well. Dandy Devine had a comic book. I mean, you know, they're just all hey, over the place. Gabby Hayes Comics was big. What? Yeah, it was big. Hey, I got a question for you, uh, Colin. I've got a couple uh-huh. of favorite artists, early artists, and one of them uh, is there's kind of a. Well, I'll just give you his name. J.R. Williams, and okay, and are you familiar with him? No, I don't know him. Uh-uh. Okay, he did. He did. This was a paper thing called Out Our Way, and he was okay. consi- he was considered the Charlie Russell of the cartoonists because he oh wow okay. the single panel stuff. He would tell a story with the picture and the stuff. And the interesting thing is, you know, Little Joe is considered one of the very first cowboy comic books. And the uh, dispute is, should J.R. Williams be the first, considered the first, because he was doing it before, doing these type of stuff before the Little Joes, but he was also doing the boarding house thing and a uh, mechanics thing. And But the guy, you, when you get through with the show, get your pencil out, write down J.R. Williams, and look this guy up, and I'll guarantee you, you'll spend the next hour looking at his cartoons. <laughs> I probably, yeah, I probably will. I'll have to check it out. So, so, are you saying that he had a he had a character? Well, that he, was had, before he had a, he had a string of characters. He had, uh, and he also published a bu- couple of several books, which were compilations of his stuff. Uh, one of them okay. was called "The Bull of the Woods," the Gordon Gibson uh, story. And the other was Hoo Ha Out Our Way, the poetry of J.R. Williams. And what that was was that was the single panels, but the you know they'd have, sometimes they how they'd have a tagline down at the bottom. Well, he would do it in cowboy poetry, and his panels were among the most uh, collected clip uh, comics of all time. He also did a, oh, wow. okay. a U.S. cavalry cartoons. He drew over ten thousand cartoons. Uh, was in over 700 newspapers. I mean, he was... Oh, 10,000. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the guy and his work, you know, you you can't help but... I'll give you I'll give you a kind of a quick synopsis of one of the, one of the cartoons. Uh, two of the ranch cowboys are riding down off the hill, and they look down, and this old cowboy is down there working on the fence. And the cowboy in the back, they called him the professor because he was kind of, kind of the smart one, and the other one old Tex or Slim or whatever his name, he's up right in front. Well, the old professor looks over at old, old Jose down there, and he goes, well, would you look at Jose? Them run-down boots, all the heels all worn away, them jeans all torn and dirty and greasy, that shirt all wrinkled and rolled, that hat, well, you can't even describe it. It's got so many twists and turns. It is just, it is just so romantic and picturesque. <laughs> and and uh, Tex up well, front, he goes, he goes, picturesque. I thought picturesque was a Pomeranian on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff he did. That's, that's really cool. Now, uh, the yeah, well, the, I mean, the way you describe it sounds very Charlie Russell esque. I mean, the way his the romantic scene and everything. But he's had a but he put a piece of poetry with it. Is that what you said? Yeah. Did you wow. a little, little kind of cowboy dog rule? Yeah, I you know when yeah. when we look at these comics uh, uh, from then, and I honestly don't know if comics are still being produced. I, I know they're still being produced, but I don't know if there's Western uh, comics uh, still being produced. But we're looking. Oh yeah. At, oh yeah. Big. Okay. Right. See. I, oh yeah. I, and in I, graphic I, novels now, I, I, in Europe, I, they're still going. I was on Mars the well, time when all this came out, so I. I know. Yeah, I know. You yeah. were. You were. You were thinking of surfing in Florida. <laughs> my my Lone, Lone Ranger just finished a run. They just relaunched Lone Ranger. Wow. So, so he's, he's so, still out there. Yeah. So these are all, for the most part, based on already established film and television. Uh, personalities, if you will. Just to yep. 
and and, yep. and and so it's just another extension and where i'm trying to go with this and not explaining it well i don't think is uh sergeant rock comics you never see a sergeant rock movie or tv show oh yeah sergeant fury <laughs> didn't see a sergeant fury tv show or you ever watch any of the marvel movies no thank god because they changed sergeant uh, sergeant fury and his howling commandos into into something else. Okay. So wear a black cloth around your arm. I see. So uh, I guess that's my point that these are all predominantly from the um, well, uh, the stars of of, uh, of the well, genre. Well, no, think about this because, like, especially it started well before Marvel, but Marvel really became uh, the the big corral for mm-hmm. cowboy comics. Kid Colt, Rawhide mm-hmm. Kid, uh, just. Yeah. One of a hundred different type of so and so kids, okay, and they, you know, they had nothing to do with the movies or the television. They were just the pure creation, yeah. okay. of the medium. All right, so I just haven't seen those. Things. Yeah, well, you didn't. You were you were looking at Dick Tracy. You know. I must have been or a girls, one of the two. Like girls, <laughs> you took you chose girls over comic books. You know, sometimes you were precocious for your age. You know. You know? <laughs> The, the hormones acted quick, uh, soon, okay? <laughs> We've got to do our first commercial break. We're, tell, we're talking with Callan Cutsforth, and uh, we're talking about uh, cowboy comics. It's a, it, it's a neat topic, I think, and one that is uh, certainly uh, appropriate for this program. Tons of them out there, and uh, we hope to see it here, uh, or hope that you check out a bunch of them. We've got to do our first commercial break here, so... We'll do that and uh, be back with much more right after these very important messages. Tucson Trap and Skeet Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hello, friends. This is Laura Darnell, the host of Homegrown KC, a podcast dedicated to exploring Kansas City's fascinating history and sharing stories from its rich past. Each episode will cover a person, place, or event from Kansas City's history. Homegrown KC can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Music, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. For additional information about the show, please visit my website, homegrownkc.wordpress.com. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. And we are back here on Abel Franzi's of Voices of the West. A little bit of hop along Cassidy there. Yeah. Get, get me in the mood for tonight. We're going to finish up watching uh, Bill the, Boyd comics. The, the remaining 
six hoppies that I have not um, that we have not seen yet, and then we will have seen all sixty six of the releases. Well, it's time for you to start watching the old ones again. Well, that, and we're going to choose some other uh, yeah. other ones as well. We're talking with Kellen Cutsforth, and he's in Colorado, I think, right? That's correct. Okay, chilly and, up there. Chilly? What's that? Is it chilly up there? Oh, you know what? It's been a little cool, but not too bad. Okay. It's still yeah. fairly warm. We have a low 70s. It's, it's that time of year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got I got. Yes, it. it is. It's getting there. And anyway, we are talking about comics here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, the Western Cowboy Comics. Uh, there's a plethora of them out there. Yeah, and, and a whole bunch, too. And a whole bunch. And we're just going to delve into... You've got a well, I've, uh, all your notes there, Bunker. Well, you, you, I've got I've got a test question for Colin. All right. Okay. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Put this, me on the spot. This is, this is this and this this one's going. If you get this one right, you're the head of the class. Because I had research this one. Ben Day Dots. Ben Day Dots. Does it ring a bell? Wait, wait. Say that again to me. Say it again to me. Ben Day. Dots. That's B E N space D A Y space D O T S. Ben Day Dots. Ben Day Dots. Ben. I know? have no clue. Okay. As soon as you find, as soon as I tell you, you're gonna go. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Ben Day Dots. Uh, in the newspapers, they used to, to color them, and they didn't color like they do mm-hmm. now. They did it with little dots of color. Oh. And, you know, oh, Roy Litchin got okay. famous and made millions of dollars by doing full-size comic panels with the dots. But that's how yep. they did it. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's some history. I'm yep. full of obscurity. Yeah, that's, that's a good piece. That's, 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 <laughs> that's one of the one. things he's full of. <laughs> <laughs> that's just sitting on the top of the rest of it. <laughs> kind of filtered down. <laughs> well, up. hey, I got one we need to talk about. Go for it. Because this okay. is one of my all-time favorites. I got several favorites, but Ghost Rider comics. Oh yeah, the artwork for Seta on the covers, uh, this the stories. Uh, one of the neat things about that is Fred Mayer uh, did all of the artwork on all of them, and his wife Ruth Ann did the inking. Fifty-five comics altogether. Uh, they ran from nineteen fifty. To 1951, uh, there was uh, you know 55, I say 55 issues plus the Fury issue, the one on the horse, and but the artwork was just so cons. But one artist, same inker, you know the consistency was there. You know you because in some of the comics you notice over the years it would change as the artist changed. If the if the character was not well known, then it would the decision to purchase would be based on the artwork. Well, the covers, you just and the covers, yeah, yeah. You just like it's just yep. like today. You go into the you go into the Seven Eleven, and there's a little it's yeah, a, a paltry rack nowadays. Mm-hmm. A few paperbacks, maybe a couple of magazines, no comic books, but you still look at the covers. That's what draws you to them. And the thing well, with the comic books it was they they was the same way with the movies with the lobby cards sure. and the stuff yeah. that you know mm-hmm. the basic splash colors, yellow. Red, just these exploding colors that full of uh, action and excitement and fun. You had something to add. Well, and a lot, a lot of times too. I, I'm that's interesting that you mentioned that too. That because a lot of times when it comes to the comic book, you had a different artist on the mm-hmm. cover than you did on the inside. So you you got this really you know just artist that could just catch your eye and just blow up a, a front cover with something and then the inside it was it, it was a different artist a lot of times but you're absolutely right just like the old western the old paperbacks or even you know in the in the vhs store days uh, you know you'd have this really crazy cover of oh wow this looks like the coolest movie and then almost the cover almost had nothing to do with the yes, with exactly. what was on the on the film but well but what an amazing piece of art, you know. Well, you know, that's the neat thing, you know. Like Frank Fazetta, he did, he did uh, yep. a great handful of the Ghost Riders yep. and the Straight Arrows, yep. and then he went on to doing magazine and paperback covers. Yep. You know, the sort. Man, of that's my guy. 
Yeah, oh, that's my, my Frank. You tell me, Frank Frazetta. That's my man right there. He he just oh, what a what a amazing artist and uh, oh, just I mean he could do anything from cowboys to barbarians oh, yeah. and it was just just eye catching. Did you ever see any of his white Indian comic books? Oh yeah, oh yeah. What, I'm a what, huge Frazetta fan. Discuss? Oh yeah, I yeah. I love a, I love so much of his his stuff. He he. Um, uh, I mean, I call. I, in fact, I have to go now. That we're talking about. I have to go through my <laughs> my stack of stuff, and I have a I have a poster of his uh, that that he did. Um, and I mean, just a brilliant for those of you out there listening, boy, look up if you don't know him. Look up Frank Prezetta and just look at some oh, of his um, some of his art. It's just brilliant, and and like I say, everything from cowboys to to barbarians and and swordsmen and us, all these wonderful wonderful yeah, he made, images he made that were Conan just famous again. How, how large is your collection? Oh gosh, I can't even count. That's how big it is. <laughs> you know, and a lot of what I and you know what a lot of what I collect today um, is definitely my Western uh, collection is is my focus today because. Um, I collect anything with Buffalo Bill in it at this point, right. and so I'm always on the hunt. And I'm kind of one of these, I'm kind of one of these old old school guys. I mean, I'll go online and I'll try and find something if it's real rare. But I still like to go to the old comic store and right. pick through the dusty bins and try and find that one gem. You know, it, it, part of the fun of it was as a, as a kid, um, especially when you were hunting for back issues and things like that, yeah. was was going to the store and just just going through it just the experience of it even though even if you came up with nothing you know (laughs) half the fun fun is going the the selection of comics that we have up on the website right now uh consist of uh, some range rider comics uh we have oh our site on our website yeah uh that's voices of the west.net uh there's some wild bill hickok comics there's mm-hmm. Johnny Mac Brown, there's Hopalong Cassidy, Straight Arrow, Rocky Lane, Lash LaRue, and last but not least, Hoot Gibson. And I think this Hoot Gibson uh, comic uh, selection here is the, it outlines the story of how he became who he was as, uh, you know, as the B-movie actor. And uh, or that's how they tell it. Well, that's how they tell it. Yeah, of course. But I mean, you know, hey, that's I, I think it's pretty cool. And I'll tell you, it's it's kind of neat to sit there and scroll through the pages, you know, because you know you get you get a dose of the old time cowboy uh, in the comic books. And you know, you we mentioned a couple of guys there, uh, Lash Larue and Monty Hale Comics were two of the most popular of the movie cowboy comic books. Monty's cowboy cow, uh, books lasted five years after his career. Wow. You know, <laughs> and Lash LaRue's went on many years after his career. Actually, in some, many ways, his comic book career was more <laughs> successful was than his, than his uh, movie, movie career. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Bunker, do you remember sometimes the covers were a photograph yes. of the uh, of Hoppy or of of Lashler or or whoever you know what I mean it would be a it would be a, a an image of them mm-hmm. in there you know re- where it was like riding a horse or it was a close up you know headshot kind of thing yeah. and and sometimes it wasn't even art it was a it was a it was a Just still from the movie or something well, like you know, that sometimes it had the it. color cover and then the black cover would be a, a black and white. And sometimes they'd even have an inside cover thing, you know, like the early Rod Cameron comics. Uh, I think about the first six were all uh, movie stills. Mm. In fact, some of the some of the movie cowboy uh, stories were just condensations of the movies they did. And uh, mm-hmm. you, just, you just, you know, you just. And what's what's amazing today is is you see a lot of the same the yeah. same thing, right? You know, the the comic supports whatever the film is going to be. You know, for for these all these comic book movies now, you know, um, as time goes by, the things so many things stay the same. You know, mm-hmm. they, they reprocess the same way they did it. Um, and, and you know what's what I always found interesting too is you know you'd see the, the movie or you'd see you know like the Hopalong Cassidy's or whatever, and then you go to the comic, and 
uh, it was supposed to be support, you know, supporting those, you'd buy that and go to the show or vice versa or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, in those, though, the artists and the writers took a few creative liberties and they put in a couple little extra things, yeah. you know, um, that made him that made him unique. That made it that made it fun. Like so, it wasn't just a regurgitation of what you were what you were about to see or what you had just seen or whatever. So, I always thought that was that was always a neat kind of uh, mm-hmm. little little Easter egg in there for you when you were when you were going through the uh, to those comic books. I like some of the inserts that uh, came with the comics. Uh, and I'm not talking about the uh, the advertising for Charles Atlas. Um, <laughs> in, 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 he was the king. He in, was the king. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, but in in one of these, uh, I think it's in a Gene Autry comic uh, on Champion, um, and and Roy Rogers uh, with Trigger. It's the story of the horse, and you know, inter- intertwined within the story of whatever Champion is doing. Here's the story of the horse, so that you get a little more intimate, I guess, uh, with the whole ball of wax. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but that well, s- they used sounds to do these, logical. Used to do like these little sub stories sometimes, <clears throat> yeah. you know, depending on the length of it. Uh, you know, one of the neat things too is they're doing reprints of some of the old. Like I showed yeah. you the yeah. one on Roy Rogers, yeah. and what's neat is it has the reprint of the exact comic, but then it has stills, a couple of articles. And it's just, you know, it's an, a kind of a mini immersion into Roy Rogers and Roy Roger comic books. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go in England, it's still, the comic book is still really big, and they're still reprinting all of these ones we're talking about, but they're mostly done in black and white. They don't, they're uncolored. Why? And they're, and they're in more of a yeah. magazine format. They'll be, you know, instead of the, you know, classical 32 pages or mm-hmm. some of the bigger ones, 60 yeah. some odd, whatever. Uh, It'd be a hundred, a couple hundred pages, hmm. and it'd yep. be a collection of all the different types of cowboys mm, and different heroes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and some and some of those. I mean, you can go and you can get your whole. Um, if you're just interested in the stories, you can get you know the whole run of the hoppies or whatever collected mm-hmm. into a into a trade paperback that has them all, all right, together yeah, now. You know, and you can just read the stories. And where some, you know, and you don't have to worry about the collector's market of those people trying to look for the single issue or to get their run or whatever. If you're just in love with the stories, you can, you can find whole collections of them okay, uh, in, novel, in one yeah. bound format. Yeah. Well, you know, there's the other thing too, which I, th- I think is is so neat. If you you look at the Euro comics, Euro westerns, and you know, England and Belgium were ahead of us in the comic book. But the cowboy in the comic books over there, you know, we, you, we, you, when we were talking before at the convention, you know, you, you, met, you mentioned Lucky Luke and Blueberry, you know, and some of these, some of these, you know, the artwork and some of these, and I came up, I want to throw something at you here real quick, like, because you, I came across two artists that I, one I had heard of, the other one I had not, it was San Julian, who's a uh, Euro-Western artist, comic books. But they're more of an mm-hmm. adult type of comic book, and his covers just blow you away. And the other guy, if you haven't come across him, his name is Rafael Guler. He's a Mexican uh, comic book artist. And you talk about adult covers. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, oh, I, yeah. If I'd have saw those as a kid, <laughs> I'd, I'd have given up comic books. I mean, I would, like you, Harry, I would have discovered girls. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a it's a different. You know, comics aren't just for kids anymore. Well, no, that's oh true. no, no. I, I don't know that they ever were for kids. I know my my brother, uh, my brother was the same age, uh, or would be the, if he were alive, mm-hmm. he'd be the same age as you, Bunker, and he he was still collecting comics as a married man. Well, here's here's one for you. Now. Much to his yeah. wife's chagrin. Going back to Straight Arrow. Straight Arrow was created through marketing. Mm. Nabisco looked at the other serial companies that had Hoppy and Roy and mm-hmm. Gene on the mm-hmm. radio shows, and they wanted they wanted they something. Wanted in. And so they 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 went to and in fact uh, Fred Merger he had a little advertising company and he's the guy who ended up drawing the cartoons and the ingenuity cards and whatnot. Mm. And they created the radio show and then from the radio show. The comic book, and it took on a life of its own. Wow. We are talking about Cowboy Comics here on this edition of Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander and Bunker de France with you, our guest, Kellen Cutsforth. 
He is, uh, well, he's a cowboy comic fan. He's a comic book fan, and uh, that's why we have him yeah. here. Plus, he knows a lot about comics that we don't, and so that's why he's here. <laughs> Everybody knows stuff we don't. Well, there is that, too. Uh, we've got to do our uh, next commercial break here, so we'll be back with much more of Abel Franzi's The Voices of the West right after these very, very, very important messages. Do not, I repeat, do not go away. <laughs> Here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Paul Ash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Paul Ash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, for First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. He recently served two tours in Afghanistan where he received a bronze star for heroism and a purple heart for injuries sustained in combat. He recently left military service, and now he's unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Many of our men and women in uniform gave up good jobs and careers to join the military and take up the fight for freedom around the globe. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Please join with the American Legion, the nation's largest veteran service organization, in recognizing that veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. The training and experience they receive in the military is second to none. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Hello? I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show and may the odds be ever in your favor and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC stubs or movie pass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zealots. Until then, that's a wrap. Coming to you from the great southwestern United States. Young fella, if you're looking for trouble, I'll accommodate you. This is the Voices of the West. We are 
are back on Amal Franzi's Voices of the West for a Saturday afternoon. At least for us it is, because that's when we do the show. And if you're looking for comedy books, <laughs> I'll accommodate you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you everybody's had an opportunity to check out uh, our last program. Uh, we were on location. We took the show to Elgin, yeah. Arizona. And that was a broadcast thing. from the Elgin Club, and uh, I... I had a ball. Oh, it was fun. And they fed us. Yeah, and they fed us. And that's yeah. what's even better. Hey, we just got cookies today. And we then, got a cookie. Yeah. Cookie angel. And plus, we got to watch uh, the original Monty Walsh. And, yes, and we talk did. about that. That's so a, That'd make a great comic book. Monty Walsh? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, I remember I had a, a, a comic... Uh, our guest is Callan Cutsforth. And a graphic a, novel. He, he's a, a, a comic book guy. Um, I call it a comic book. Uh, this graphic novel business is like, you know. Well, it's, it's, a di- it's a different fish. I don't care. It's politically correct as far as I'm concerned. So, Cal- no, uh, there's nothing politically <laughs> correct comic. about a graphic novel. Comics. That's what you call them. It's comics. Yeah. In any uh-huh. event, I remember having a, a, a comic uh, about uh, the life of JFK. And this was uh, shortly after the assassination. Oh, that was that was a marvel. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't oh, remember. I remember that because they they, they did a series on the Vietnam uh, during about the same time. Too. Okay, it was the prize winning. It won. Well, all kinds th- of- I mean, this was pretty much a, a condensed history of, of of Kennedy. You know, from uh, the time. Of course, it was sanitized. <laughs> <laughs> quite a bit, um, but you know, Marilyn Monroe wasn't in it. it no, no, she, no, she wasn't in it. <laughs> but uh, or the other, you know, <laughs> but, but it talked about his early life. It talked about uh, his PT one hundred nine. It talked yeah. about blah blah mm-hmm. and the moon and so forth and so on. And then it went to the you know the assassination. Then the all the world leaders. Uh, who came to uh, pay their respects? Uh, De Gaulle, and probably the last time De Gaulle ever spoke to the United States. <laughs> and uh, uh, Conrad Adenauer was the pro- uh, chancellor in Germany at the time, West Germany. I mean, you know, you're such a history guy, Eric. Yeah, I know. It, it was cool, and that's probably why I got it was yeah. because of the historical aspect, and because I love history. Yeah. So um, there you are. Well, here's one for you, Colin. Let's see if you've heard mm-hmm. this. This is a comic book that. I re- anybody that loves Western comic books and loves the art <coughs> should have this. And I would recommend, because it was a trilogy, uh, it was called White Boy, and it was a high-water mark of American newspaper comics, but they condensed the trilogy, in, or didn't condense it, but they compiled it into a single book, and it was made of three parts, White Boy and Skull Valley, uh, what was the other one? Uh, White Boy and Skull Valley, Skull Valley, and of course White Boy, but the artwork in this thing and the storytelling, the the uh, the uh, Garrett Price, who was the writer and artist, was one of the top men for about forty years at the New Yorker. But this was hmm. this was almost like an intellectual comic book hmm. in that the work was just well, it was like Windsor McCoy, you know, mm-hmm. who, who did did the little the little Dreamer Boy cartoons it was just you know you, you, you look at it and you just sit instead of going turning the page you just you just you just, you just no you just you don't even study it you just sit there and admire it hmm. it's just beautiful artwork give us an idea colin of of you, what your talk was about uh at the yeah. uh, wwa convention since i didn't get to um well i'm glad you mentioned that yeah that's i was just i was just gonna i was just gonna segue to that yeah um so what we did it was called the business of comics and when i say we um i was uh, joined on a panel uh I, I basically ran the panel um but i was joined um by two uh gentlemen who'd worked in comics uh, a great deal and uh one of them uh was david morell and i think folks out in uh, uh listening out there will know david uh he created rambo so mm-hmm. first blood the book he wrote the book um, that became the film franchise, which in another uh, uh, Rambo film was just released this year. Um, but uh, he created Rambo, and then he'd written uh, for several different comic books, um, mostly for Marvel Comics. And then the other fella, was uh, his name was Jeff Marriott, and um, he'd be known uh, as uh, one of the editors at DC Comics, and DC is your Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman, all those sort of things. Um, but what we did was we focused on 
how you pitch a comic idea. And it was all Western. Everything we did was Western. And these are updated current Westerns that are being uh, written today. Um, both men brought uh, to the table. I created a PowerPoint presentation out of their scripts and out of their um, images. And then I also included uh, pitches that were done by um, uh, a friend of mine um, that is a Western comic. Um, and he's just right around my age. Uh, his name's Tyrell Cannon. And... Um, uh, I incorporated uh, the, the pitch, how you write the pitch, and then if you were accepted uh, uh, after you pitch to a comic book company, how you work with the artist in creating, um, as a writer, um, because it was Western writers, how you write that script and then how that script translates onto the page. Because uh, as we all know with comic books, everything is done with images, and then when there's dialogue, it's done with word bubbles. And so we showed you how you do that and then how you are paid as, as uh, an author and as um, an artist or, or both. Um, and then we also uh, gave some information on how uh, people could actually get in contact with um, uh, publishers and editors and to be able to pitch their work. And um, as a side, I will say it was so successful, um, as Bunker said, it went over very well. It was so successful that David and I and Jeff and myself have been hired to uh, go and give the exact uh, same thing in Canada next awesome. year um, at Fort McMurray. And they are, they are doing it on an Indian reservation uh, that surrounds Fort McMurray, mm -hmm. and they're calling it Cowboys and Indians. And we're the cowboy contingent of it, and they are bringing in native writers and all these sort of things. And um, we're going to be giving the the same presentation because it went so well. That's really interesting, and, and congratulations for that. Yeah, one, one, yeah, thing thank that you. one thing Bunker pointed out to me uh, yesterday, we always have breakfast on Friday, and he, he was showing me how the panels are done. Mm -hmm. And the very yes. first panel gives you kind of a general idea, and it's from one particular point of view. The next panel goes to yet another point of view, and uh, we're going to go four panels here. So uh, panel panels one and four are essentially the same viewpoint. Is that is, is well, that well? The way the way it was, it was from a, a Tom Mix uh, that they took. They took the the bottom half of one page, the top half of another page, and it starts with Tom up on a rooftop looking across the way at the bad Bob in in his hotel room uh, harassing the heroine. Well, he throws a rope around, swings down, and you, 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 as you see, you see the arc coming from the top left panel down, swinging through, in the next panel, he's crashing through the window, and that same arc and movement is traveling. Uh, the third panel, he's he's punched out the boss, and again, but you're seeing this this constant movement. The fourth panel has him dropping down, so the three panels, the movement is across the panel and then dropping down, but it's moving down a whole time. And then, of course, it goes on into different POVs as he's taking out the bad guys. And one of the great, there's two panels there, is he's punched this one guy, and in the in the far left of the panel, and you, you, it's there, but it's there almost subliminally. One of the bad guys is reaching up and grabbing the, the a lamp uh, off the wall, off of the ceiling. And the next panel is a reverse POV, and he's throwing that lamp, and it's coming at you. <laughs> So that, you know, it's almost like a 3D effect, but again, it's that constant moving arcing through the whole thing. And it just, it just you, know, I, you know, I've studied these things all my life, and when I, when I found that out, it was just like, wow, i got to look at them different. Yeah. And I want to use this opportunity right now to recommend a book, because this is up, it's up your alley. It's called Understanding Comics. And it's a comic book about understanding comic books, and it's thick. It's like a, a book book, okay. but it's done as a story comic book thing. It hasn't. And it's not about Western comics. It's just about how to tell the stories, how to tell them, uh, stuff like that. And it's brilliant. Uh, it's written by a fellow named Scott McCloud, and I highly recommend it for anybody that wants to really understand uh, 
comic book art, the creation, the how our story is developed, and it'd be right up your alley for presentation. You you should probably check that one out yourself if you don't have it in your library. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. No, and it's a, you're right. It's an excellent book. I I do have you that one it? in my library. Um, and and I think what what Bunker points out too, it's really interesting. Um, comic books when when they are written are are very similar to a movie script. Yeah, almost. like a storyboard. Mm-hmm. But the but the really unique piece about comics is since it's not a moving picture, it's one action per mm-hmm. panel. Yeah. So panel A. He is drawing the gun panel. The very next panel, panel B, he's he's drawing down on Black Bart or the other villain or yeah. whoever it is, and so on and so forth. And that's how it works. And that's something that in in our presentation at Western Writers, we really tried to get across to authors and writers is when you, when you're pitching and when you're writing one of these scripts. Uh, to to bring your western or or whatever it is mm-hmm. to a, to a publisher, you need to realize that that it doesn't it doesn't run like a like a movie script. It's very similar. Um, you know, your blocking, your points of view, all these sort of things are very similar to that. But it's one action per panel. Mm-hmm. And but what's beautiful about the com- the comic book is that you can do these wonderful reveals as you turn the page. And then you can come across a two-page spread of, of yeah. you know, him Jack roping Kirby. the horse or, or <laughs> you know, swinging across the, 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 you know, across both pages or something like that, you know. Um, it's, it's a wonderful medium and, and a brilliant way to, t- to, yeah. to tell stories. And where the, where the, uh, the verbiage is, is placed is also important, right, in terms of, you know, where the word bubble goes. Or or how it's exactly, yeah, and then the splash words, you know, like pow and zap yeah, yeah. and wham, you know. Yeah. Huh. That's right, and and those are all included. That's not something that that someone comes up with. The writer includes crash, pow, you know, whatever it is, um, the the firing of the gun, the the shells being ejected from the from the from the weapon or whatever. The, mm-hmm. Those are sounds. All that is included by the writer in those comic book panels so it's a it's a wonderful thing yeah. um as you say you know that that once you know how it works it's really it's really mm-hmm. an interesting thing when you just look at at a finished product like yeah. that uh, well, much like movie making i think you mentioned in your in your presentation that it's like you know when you make a pitch to a publisher uh you know you, you've got your story and everything and it doesn't hurt to bring a couple of illustrations but bear Absolutely. in mind that the publisher may have their own artists and everybody there, but it helps to illustrate, kind of give an idea to the story. That's exactly right, and and, and because it's you're dealing with a visual medium, right? So, um, you know, it's it bunker. You'd know from from acting days and things like that. You know, um, some of those guys would film themselves and then they'd send in their tape or they send in their yeah. reel or whatever of of, of them, and yeah. it's the same kind of thing that you can display that this is how the how the story is going to go, and you want to see those images. We are talking in bubbles today. <laughs> we're bubbles. Yeah. Uh, we're talking cowboy comics with Callan Cutsforth. And uh, we've got to do our final break here, so uh, we're going to do that and be back with much more of Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Do not go away, please. We'll be right back. <laughs> Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. 
Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hi, I'm Wyatt McRae, grandson of Joel McRae, and you're listening to Voices of the West. Well, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> California IA? Yeah, you know, with uh, California IA was supposed to happen, but it was supposed to continue. I apparently hit the wrong button there, and I still can't. Well, huh, we're back to the show. Well, we're back to the show. But anyway, yeah. uh, Californians theme. Well, you know the, what we should do? What should we do, Bunker? We should offer Colin an opportunity to let us know what he's got on the on the platter, what's coming up, if he's got any anything he wants to promote. Well, there's an idea. It's yours, sir. Yeah, the, 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 the table is yours there, sir. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, well, uh, Bill Markley and I, uh, our Old West yeah, Showdown cool. book that we, uh, that we um, uh, picked a bone over on uh, with you guys before um, about our uh, <laughs> Old West Showdown and the mythic, uh, the mythic Old West, uh, we are, uh, one, getting a sequel to that book. It's done so well. But we're also uh, getting a paperback of that book. So yeah. look for that in paperback coming yes. out um, uh, fairly soon. And I then um, in the vein of comic books, um, I uh, currently ha- am uh, right in the middle of writing a uh, finishing up a book uh, that's called at the at the moment right now title unless my publisher decides to change it uh, Buffalo Bill and the beginning of American Celebrity. And I mm. cover uh, Buffalo Bill's time. Uh, going into comic books and the dime novels and all those sort of things and sort of how Buffalo Bill was turned into um, our first superhero, our first big celebrity, our first uh, well-known icon in entertainment and, and, um, and how he lives on today and how his legacy lives on today. So um, it's really interesting. And in that um, it's, it's really going to be a heavy, heavy image book. Mm -hmm. And I have reproduced, a number of the dime novel covers, uh, Buffalo Bill fighting skeletons and, and, <laughs> you know, have fighting to the death on cliffs, uh, oh, yes. with Indians Grizzly and, bears. and, and <laughs> doing science experiments. And what's amazing about these <laughs> is people, people, and this goes back to the comic book too. People don't, uh, realize some of these sort of, um, almost uh, fantastical elements that are in comic books were early on in yeah. in Buffalo Bill's time. I mean, th- these are the 1890s. Jules um, 18, Steampunk. Uh, you know, in, into the early 1900s. And I have an image of Buffalo Bill fighting a skeleton that's shooting laser beams out of its <laughs> eyes. And that's from like 1910. Hey, Jules Verne. So, uh, yeah, or Steampunk. It, it, <laughs> it very much is. You know, it's a, it is. It totally is. And it's it, it, it's an amazing, um, just a number. I had more fun We're, getting those than I think I did writing the writing the whole book. I had more fun picking those images because they're definitely just have to have you on wonderful stuff. Yeah, yeah, let us know when that comes out so we can have you back. I will. <laughs> yes, sir. Will do. <laughs> that is awesome. That is cool. Well, uh, we're about out of time here. So, anything else you want to throw out? Got a website you want to pass on? Uh, c- catch me at uh, Kellen Cutsforth on Facebook.com. And um, if you want to pick up any of my books, gar- go to Roman.com, R-O-W-M-A-N.com. Or Amazon, right? Or you can find them on Amazon. Or Am- Yes, yes, you can or pick Amazon. them up on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's on Amazon. Kellen, thank you much for joining us. Hey, everybody goes afternoon. to Amazon. This Why do I even wonderful. try? I can or, just say Amazon.com. one comic book or comic character would say? Well, folks, that's all, folks. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us uh, with us, uh, talking with us this afternoon, Kellen. Appreciate it very much. You bet. Thank you. Thank All you right. much, buddy. We'll be back. We'll be talking with you again, I'm sure. That's it for this edition of, uh, of uh, Amol Franzi's Voices of the West. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for today. 
Next week uh, or next show, I have no idea what we're doing, but uh, we'll be doing something. Ooh, and somebody, we somebody. got we got a real special Ooh, guest coming up at the end of the month. Yeah, our mystery guest. I'm not going to tell, tell you much more about yeah, it. So until then, show and it's one of our best. There you go. Until then, so long. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.